it's super common to be tired and sluggish and low on motivation, especially later in the day. You're trying to make it to the gym. You've got that extra couple hours at work. You really just need a pick-me-up. What better way than to grab a raised energy drink? We've partnered with our friends over at Rep Sports, so you're able to grab any of their products for a promotional rate when you use Paradox VSN at checkout on their website. Visit repsports.com to help get a little pick-me-up either midday, in the morning, or at the end of the day. What better way than with Rep Sports? All right, thank you for joining us for another episode of the Paradox Vision Podcast. Today we have artist A. Marquise. Yep. And we're going to be learning a little bit about his journey within the music industry. Yes. So how are you doing today? I'm doing very well, very well. All right, I did listen to your last album that you dropped last year. Yep. Highly anticipating the next next album. Um, so what's that one going to be titled? Um, Feel Good Music 2. It's coming out August 20th. And how'd you come up with that title? Honestly... I kind of was coming up with my own genre called Feel Good Music. Um, so I noticed how the industry was kind of slowly changing to, like, instead of making albums, they make playlists. So I thought of a good name for a playlist would be Feel Good Music. And my first one was very successful, has almost 400,000 streams. So I kind of was just like, I'm going to just run with this name for now. What was your um, your ultimate inspiration for starting in, in music? Honestly, um, my mom and I used to watch um, the Boys and Men cassette tapes. They have like a, a video. It came out in '97 of all their all their music videos from '97, from '90 90 to '97, and I used to watch it every day consistently and learn all the songs from it. What was your um, so like okay with music and singing in general? Is that something you, that you already had? Or was it something you had to acquire? Because it seems it's like people are either born with it or they have to really work at it. It's, it's something I always had. Okay. Um, I was raised in church, so we were kind of put into it. But I've always had it. I used to be singing around the house all the time. I don't know if you remember when Michael Jackson came out with like that five part series. Yeah. Um, we used to we used to, me and my brothers used to like try to be the group and try to sing some of the songs. And I and I used to be Michael for the most part. <laughs> Taking center stage. Yep. All right, like that. Um, for your uh, your creative process, is there something that kind of pushes you to get in a good space to be able to record, or um, are you kind of just kind of free flow when it comes to your? Music? So I kind of free flow. Okay. A lot of artists write. I can write. I actually write a lot better for others um, because I can record. I can engineer now. I kind of. Just go to the studio because my studio is kind of just open. So I, I can kind of go there as I please. Right. So I always just go there. I record. I just literally, I just press play and just record the whole song. And then I go home. I listen to it. I change the little things up. And then I re-record it. Okay. So, well, I mean, that's, that's impressive. So you're able to kind of lay the whole, the foundation for the song out, kind of get everything out, a little bit of tweaks here and there. And then. Yep. Um, Because I feel like. Well, me, myself, I kind of already have, when I hear a beat, I have the idea of the song comes to my head very quickly. So I kind of feel like I need to just put it down immediately before I lose the idea. So I kind of just put it down, even if it's like words that kind of don't make sense. Mm -hmm. um, I go home, I can kind of just listen to it, be like, all right, I know I said this during the recording, but I could probably switch it and say this. 
and then I re-record that, and then I kind of just. That sounds a little bit like um, the producer Timberland. Yes. Like he his he kind of hears the beat in his head, and then he'll kind of work it out, and then he'll actually go in and make it. It was interesting because I was I think it was like his master class. He was talking about his process where he didn't really know how to make a beat per se, but he gets the beat in his mind, and then once he can kind of feel out what it's going to sound like. So when you started off with your your um, singing, did you have any uh, career goals that you wanted to hit, or have you figured out what what it is that you're looking to achieve in music? So when I started like making my own music, I saw my brother Drell kind of inspired me to like start writing music. I kind of was just singing in church, kind of just singing in school and choral and stuff like that. Then my brother was recording music, and I was like, "Hey, it sounds kind of cool." So I kind of got into it. Um, I used to always freestyle. I wrote for a little bit, but then I kind of realized um, being in numerous groups, I kind of just wanted to kind of figure myself out. So I kind of started working on my own. And that's really when I kind of figured out um, I really want to make this a career because um, a lot of people start gravitating to me when I started working on my own. So um, the more people who gravitated to me, the more confidence I got. Okay. And then that's when I was like, all right, I definitely want to make this my career because I feel like you should work something. I'd rather do something that I want to do on a daily basis than kind of get paid a lot but not want to really do it necessarily. Yeah, I could definitely see that. I mean, there's the quote that um, if you love what you do, you never work a single day in your life. So I exactly. could definitely see how that would that would be applicable there. Um, have you been able, I know you mentioned the group. Is that something that you still do now in terms of singing with a group or was there like a flashpoint where that, that just wasn't an option? At so I was part of a lot of groups. I was part of um, like I had a, me and my cousins used to record in the basement when we first started when I was a teenager. Then um, I was part of um, another group called Reality First. Shout out to my brother Lamar. And uh, we kind of I kind of figured out that I need to work on my own because I have my own process, my own ideas. And I felt like being in a group, it wasn't going to fully let me get my ideas out the way I would want to. Okay. Because it was in all the groups, it was more so, all right, Antonio, put a hook on us. It was never, hey, Antonio, you could do your own thing, and we're going to kind of help you do your own thing. It was always, Antonio, put a hook on this. Antonio, put a verse on this. So I kind of decided that maybe let me just start working on my own. And that's kind of when I started to kind of see a lot more success from it. I can so, see that. Yeah, it puts a more of a spotlight on you. Yeah. With groups is a give and take. So I mean you you gotta give up a, a part of your individuality just to kind of make the collective work. So I can certainly see how um kind of focusing on you yeah at a point will be successful there. Especially when like when you're in a group, like for example, if you're in a group and it's one person's studio, that one person's gonna you always have like a leader in a group for the most part. And they always want to shine. Like even if I feel like the group I'm in now, it's a lot more of we're all individuals who help each other, push each other to win. I feel like in the groups I was in specifically, it was a lot more, I feel like you guys should help me Me. get to where I want to get to, and then I'll get you guys kind of to where I'm at, which I felt like that way does not work. That's the best part, I think, about your group now. You guys as a collective, everybody does something a little bit different, and you all kind of push each other forward. 
Um, so that's definitely reason why I wanted to sit down and talk with all of you um, individually, just kind of get a glimpse of who everybody is and then see their strengths. And now I can definitely get the, I can get a full picture now, okay. see how you guys work together, who has the strengths here and there, and then see how it all comes. Um, in terms of your dream collab, who would you say would be one artist or, or a group or a few So if you had to pick? With a mix of everything. My dream collab would be Neo. I've always looked up to Neo um, because just where he started, he started as a songwriter. I actually started as a songwriter. Like as far as when I was an individual, I started as a songwriter. Um, he grew into an artist later in time. And now I believe he's, a, he's, a, um, he's an exec for Motown Records. So mm. I've kind of seen his growth during his career. Yeah, He still does music, but... He really doesn't have to because he's an exec for Motown, which is actually Motown's one of my favorite labels ever, period. Oh, yeah, no question. If you're going to, like, pick one of the favorite, just their evolution, what they brought up, what they brought to the game is unrivaled. So I, I can certainly see that. Absolutely. Um, there's Neo. Um, rest in peace, but Michael Jackson, I wish. I would wish of that course. I would have worked mm -hmm. with him. Um, just because, like, the stories you just hear about Michael Jackson are just – his work ethic, and um, how people gravitated to him. I feel like I don't like when people say in today's industry um, the next Michael Jackson because I don't think there will ever be a Michael Jackson. Um, like, first of all, no one's selling 85 million records minus the internet era. Like, yeah. You know, I tell people all the time, he sold, actually it was 165 million albums in, with no internet. It's just himself. Yeah, that's a physical. Like, people yeah. had to go out and buy it. It's different. Exactly. It's not going on click on iTunes or, or Spotify and run the track. Now, like, you had to actually go out and purchase it. Exactly. It, it means more there in that case. So, I could certainly see that. Um, so, we got Neo, of course, the GOAT, Michael Jackson. And then, um, did you have another one as well? Producer-wise, probably Timbaland. Timbaland and Dark Child. Those are my two favorite producers dark child more so because i'm an r&b head i'm open to i work in all genres now because of my, my my brother late night but r&b is always my first love i always gravitate to that first okay. even if i go to any other genre r&b is always there like you know that i'm an r&b singer no matter what i do um so dark child is definitely my favorite r&b producer but timbaland is just more of the all around he literally can do anything yeah so, um, what's what's something that you would say would is what drives you daily in your journey to music stardom? So now I work with kids in music for a program called Paradigm Academy. Um, so daily, just working with the kids and the kids kind of looking up to me as a um, as a musical figure that definitely kind of pushes me to get through the day. That I got people to look up that look up to me, so I can't really disappoint. I let them down. Yeah, I like that. I mean, seeing is believing. So if they see you kind of growing, they can see that it is possible. Absolutely. So I definitely think that is an important factor there. Do you have any keys to success? Um, yeah, I feel like you got to be authentic. I feel like a lot of people, like in the music industry, look at like our big radio station, which is Hot 937. No shade, no shade to them. But a lot of people kind of look at what gets played there. And kind of be like, all right, I have to make myself like the people on the radio. Mm. 
when I feel like you have to find yourself first, I don't, maybe, maybe I like a little, little twist of it, but we want to know who you are, not who the artist on High 97 is. Yeah. Um, so I feel like just be authentic, be yourself, find your sound first, and then you can grow into other sounds once you find your individual sound. Is that the hardest part, kind of finding your sound, would you say? Because it's kind of hard to go counter against what's popular, but those are usually the people that stand out for me. Is that something that you have? So I think a lot of people have to understand it's a medium. Mm -hmm. So you can have your sound, but then a lot of your fans can gravitate to when you experiment and do something else. Like on um, my album, my Feel Good Music album, I have a lot of R&B, I have a lot of dancey tracks. A lot of people gravitate to my more dancey tracks, um, my more dance R&B kind of tracks than mm -hmm. my regular pure R&B tracks. So I'm kind of learning, like, all right, maybe I should mix this into my music a little bit more. Like, um, I did a listening party last month. and Actually, no, it was two months ago. And a lot of people there were gravitating to my sing-rappy kind of thing. So I'm kind of learning that... Um, I need to be open to different sounds. As long as my main authentic sound is there, I can kind of grow it from there. Mm -mm. Okay, so you, you got your foundation able to kind of build and branch off yes. a little bit after that. So when it comes to this next album, what are some of the ways that you're promoting it now? So... I always post teasers on um, Instagram, on my Facebook page. I, I perform at a lot of um, events out in uh, Connecticut. Um, I'm already kind of pitching it to, like, playlist people. Um, I do I'm, – I'm working on a video. My first song comes out July 23rd. It's called Glowing. So I'm working on a video with um, my, my homie Mike, Michael, Actually, my home right there. It's gonna be um, executive producing it. Um, so I'm I'm doing it many different ways because I feel like my first album, a lot of people's, I, I took a lot of people's feedback and applied it to this album. So I'm definitely trying to make sure that this gets to the necessary ears that it needs to get to. I like that. I think you kind of taking a little bit of the feedback and adding it to this next album they'll kind of feel a part of it too absolutely yeah that's the best part of music when you can feel like you belong kind of relate to what's, what's going on it makes you just that much more passionate and kind of involved with the artist what are some of the ways that you kind of gather your um your listeners now do you have any particular um strategies to kind of get new listeners or so what i what i do organic? um that's very unique that i feel like not a lot of artists out here do, mm -hmm. is I do private listening parties. So I I have, um, I had like a rough version of the album done. What I do is I, I kind of reach out to like 12 to 15 individuals in, in different aspects, like some musicians, some radio station people, some just general listeners, and I have just a straight listening party. Like, all right, I have 15 songs here. I want you guys to give me your honest opinion. Like, do not be like, oh, because he's a good guy. I mean, because you like me, don't sugarcoat it. I want you to give me 100% the real. And that's a great way to start because if people love it, then people tell other people, and then that's kind of how I got a lot of um, attention from this one. 
Then after that, I do um, I do I do all I always do album release parties. Cause you know I feel like you want to be able to gravitate, or oh, gravitate. Wrong wording. Bring your artists together, bring everybody together, and yeah. kind of just celebrate your release. Um, so that's two of my main ways I kind of try to gravitate the fans. I like that. I like that you you're engaged. You got the following, and then you're you're able to kind of get their opinion on the music initially, and then celebrate with them. So I mean, just having that back and forth with you being able to to have that conversation that's definitely going to amass a bigger following i would think because that is a great strategy i don't think i've I've heard that one as of yet what do you normally is there a specific location or is it just whenever you feel like you drop a date everybody come out and let's let's listen to some music how's how's that um, process go so every time i start making an album i have a date that i want to release it i always have a rough date I have a rough date that I want to finish it. Then I have a realistic date that I'm going to finish it. So I gave myself about two weeks. So with this album, I said I was going to finish it between the middle and end of June, which I actually finished it a little earlier than that. Um, Then I have the listening party in between there, just so if I want to make any major changes, I get major changes. Because I took a lot of feedback. Because like when I had my listening party for my last one, for Figure Music 2, like the first eight songs they weren't feeling at all and it threw me off because i was like all right i'm coming in with some heat yeah and then the audience is like yeah we're not feeling the first date <sighs> but then it was like after that they was like all right take the first take the last nine or ten that you had you played us switch them to the first ten mm. and then take the first ten and apply it to like another five and then that's your album so um that's kind of um i give myself a little bit of leeway to kind of change little things. Okay. But I get it from other ears because I feel like your ear can only get you so far. You need to have other ears involved in your creative For process. sure. Um, so after that, I kind of come up with like, when I'm almost done, that's when I start planning the release parties. When I, when I know I'm like, all right, I'm basically done with the recording, get myself two months out of, you know, promotion and stuff like that. I think of a location. Usually I do like the Hartford area because most of my audience is in Hartford. The Hartford area, like Hartford, New Britain. I'm starting to have a a big following in Springfield. So I kind of, I feel like a medium ground there Mm -hmm. is Hartford. Yeah, for sure. I feel like it's 20 minutes off from New Britain, 30 minutes off from Springfield. So I feel like that's a very good middle ground. So I plan out the release party. I get my brother late night to DJ. And I kind of just... this time I'm going to have openers. I really wasn't that open to it at first. But the more listening, more release parties I have, the more artists have been asking me to open. Okay. So I was kind of like, you know what, let's, let's, let's do this a little different. So I'm going to have different entertainers kind of open up for me to gravitate even more of a following for everybody, actually, not just myself. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I feel like, you know, yeah. So yeah, I kind of just planned it out. I mean, that's huge. Being able to have those those openers, because I mean, they're recognizing your growth and they see that you're you're making moves. So I mean, I I think that the fact that you're able to kind of collab with them, that's is big. Because a lot of artists, you know, they they want their spotlight and push everybody else out of the way, but you're able to kind of take them in under your wing and 
they also support because, I mean, they're going to drive more people because people are coming to see them. They're there now for you. So that just makes your audience a little bit bigger, too. So that's the best part I, I like about that idea. Um, what what would you say is, is another stage of what music sounds like? Do you have a, um, like a new wave? I know you wanted to create your own genre with the last album. Do you have kind of what that's going to sound like? So I feel like genre-wise, I feel like people need to be a little bit more open. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like when you when you're like a lot of hip hop artists are just like they kind of I feel like a lot of artists out here kind of stay in their own lane like they're they're they do boom bap that's yeah. all they do is boom bap that's it they do nothing else like I feel like if you're kind of a little bit more open to um your sound then you're definitely gonna grow your sound and you're gonna grow your your audience like in my case um I like to do a 90s sound because I have a 90s voice mm-hmm. mixed with today's sound like today's production with a 90s voice behind it I like that I mean right there this you can crown the grab two different generations yes and then your listener base is expanded I like that um, yeah I would think have you done anything with like 90s sound to go along with the voice as well I have so on this album, I do have a couple of songs that bring you back. Like I have a song where um, I kind of use like a Donald Jones "Where You Want to Be" um, singing style. Yeah. And then I have a song where it has a '90s style production on it. And then with that production, is that something that you are producing personally, or do you have anybody now producing that for you? So I have a few people involved in the production process. Um. Late Night's one of them. Um, my homie J-Dot from New Britain. I have some of my students who are actually involved because in my program we also teach kids how to produce. So I, I kind of let some of the ones who are a little bit more advanced mm-hmm. produce on this album. That's awesome that they have that opportunity. Yes. And then them hearing themselves, that that right there kind of would, would spark either. That could be the moment where they kind of chase their dream or if they're seeing if it's just a hobby. So. Absolutely. Shout out to you for allowing them to be able to do that. Um, what was the the moment when you, you knew music music was it that you were going to pursue? So I I was I did a New Brent High Town show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hit the stage because I actually did not go to the Brent High. So no one in that school knew who I was. But when I started singing, the crowd was going crazy. I was like, oh, all right, maybe, you know, people are gravitating to me. So... I didn't win, but it was because I swore. I didn't know you couldn't swear because, like I said, I never went to the school. Yeah. So I kind of was just like, you know. And I didn't swear. The crowd did. Like, the crowd was singing the song with me. Yeah. And the crowd swore, and I didn't swear. <laughs> but the, the dude was like, yeah, he got disqualified because you swore. That's technicality. I was like, yeah. <laughs> but a lot of people started following me after that. Yeah. So at that point, I was kind of like, yeah, music is definitely my, my lane. Plus, I – had so many other job opportunities mm-hmm. but just working them it just kind of was like eh. now that i work in music with kids yeah i kind of love i love it I lo- absolutely i love working in music so i felt like music is my thing a showcase just with your group would be fantastic so i mean if we, there's any way we could set that up definitely would love to be a part of that or in the next listening party that you have definitely want to want to come up for that 
definitely let me know when that's that's going. I definitely down. will. I'm I'm finalizing the location as we speak. Yeah. Within the next week, I'll definitely have a location because you know what's going on with the city. Hartford is kind of dying down of opportunities and yeah. locations and stuff like that. So I kind of I'm gonna figure it out because yeah. I do have options. I'm just gonna kind of pick the best one and kind of just that's put the it best out way there. to go for sure. Well, I definitely want to thank you for sitting down with me. Thank you for having me. Let me be a part of the journey, just hearing about how how it's going, where you're headed. Definitely appreciate that. If you want to provide your, your socials, your websites, where they can find all your material. So you can find me on any streaming site, A Space Marquise, M-A-R-Q-U-I-S-E. Um, on Instagram, A.Marquise underscore YBG. And on Facebook, it's Antonio Marquise or A Marquise is my fan page. Thanks again for listening to another episode of Paradox Vision Podcast. Thank and you we'll see you next week. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of Paradox Vision Podcast. For more episodes and more exclusive behind the scene content with our business owners and creative we've met, visit ParadoxVision.com.